to be honest. I feel like I'm kind of on the verge of a mental breakdown and like maybe getting sick even though we're manifesting for that not to happen. So fingers crossed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host Amy and I'm Grace and I totally forgot to do the introduction over there. Like Grace and I were just sitting in total silence for a while and then I was just like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be talking. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because just before we started recording, um, I was telling Amy about all of this like imposter syndrome that I feel like I've been facing recently Mm -hmm. which is really weird and Amy was like maybe what you should do is you should just get all your friends or like all the people around you to listen to the podcast yeah (laughs) so they know how not perfect you are see it feels weird me saying it but (laughs) seems natural coming out of you no it's so strange like I was talking to Amy and I was like this is such a first world problem and like I feel so unappreciative um Mm. when I say this but like I feel like I've been facing a lot of imposter syndrome with the idea of who people think I am especially with people who know of me but don't really know me because like all my close friends people who really know me like they know who I am but with people who know of me I feel like they've just like heard of um my reputation and then they have this preconceived notion of who I am which isn't necessarily accurate which like is an idealized version and is like put onto a pedestal and an unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. and I just feel like I don't know that's stressing me out because all of a sudden I feel like I have to live up to that yeah which is really strange and then also on top of that this is also connected to the feeling of imposter syndrome under the same umbrella but I've been feeling like people only like the things that I do or the things that I say or the ideas that I have because it's attached to my name Mm -hmm. like sometimes I wonder if if like that wasn't attached to me would people still have the same response to it and like sometimes I feel like I'm like I don't know I feel like I'm scared of accidentally manipulating people with my ideas I was giving an instance to um Amy before we started recording about how like people were feeling some way about this new teacher we had because like sometimes students don't really love change you know and the teacher that we had before was like a really amazing teacher and everyone was really looking forward to having him and like I talked to a couple of people one-on-one and I basically was kind of just like on this new teacher side and I was like yeah like it sucks I know like we all really miss that old teacher that we had but like I think this new teacher like she's trying her best and she's actually doing a really good job of it and like you can tell that she's putting a lot of effort into it Mm -hmm. and it's really hard on her when it feels like the whole class is against her and stuff and then like she'd be an influencer people who I was talking (laughs) (laughs) no the people who I was talking to one-on-one like all of a sudden started like kind of agreeing with me and I was like are they agreeing with me just because it was me who said that And then afterwards, like in future conversations, um, it also felt like with other people, they were also more on the side of like being more sympathetic towards this new teacher. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, am I accidentally manipulating people? And like, would they have 
like listen to that or would they have valued those words as much if it wasn't attached to my name or like in other examples um when I come up with an idea or when I make something I'm like do people only like that because it's me who made it and like I don't know all these thoughts in my head and then I feel like this imposter syndrome because I'm like I don't think that I live up to this idealized version of me that people have in their heads and I think that if it's true that like the fact that my name is attached to it makes it more valued by other people then it makes me feel like undeserving of that in a way because I'm like that Mm. idealized version of me that they have in their heads isn't true. And then I feel stressed out a little bit because I feel like I have to live up to those expectations. I was talking to Amy and I was like, mm-hmm. I found this way of describing it where I was like, okay, so just imagine they're like looking up at a version of me on a pedestal, but like the real me is a ghost who's actually like standing behind them, but no one notices. And that's how I feel mm. sometimes with like people who don't really know me. Like obviously with my close friends and everything, like they know me and I I'm not worried that, oh, they only like me for maybe the things that I do or, like, the things that I accomplish or whatever. Like, I'm not, or, like, who they think I am. Um, I'm not worried about that because I know that they still love me for me. But, like, especially with people who know of me or kind of know me but don't really, like, I get really stressed out about that. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's really been hitting me recently. Um, First of all, to put this into context a bit for our listeners, Grace is a humble queen, and she won't say it herself, but <laughs> this probably isn't helping with the imposter syndrome issue, but she is uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> like, let's just say she does very well academically. She's a very kind person, and in her, like, school and, like, in her overall community, she is a very respected individual, and she does a lot of amazing things, and she deserves all of that respect. But... On the other hand, I can also understand with what Grace is saying. Some of you guys might go to a school and you know there's some there's always that person who's kind of just like the valid Victorian type of feeling type of person, you know? This person who is kind of respected by everyone in the school. Everyone's like, "Wow, this person's so smart. This person does so well in school." And at that point, I think it kind of that person kind of turns into celebrity if that makes sense like people start viewing them as a like figure and as their reputation rather than a person themselves and as grace was saying like we put them on a pedestal and the thing grace was saying about like accidentally manipulating people i think that's just coming from you know you know the the logos pathos ethos thing grace has a very strong ethos since people respect her that much and Um, In some situations, that makes her feel like people are not really listening to what she's saying, but just nodding along because it's Grace saying it. Um, And the thing that reminded me of was a lot of authors who write under pseudonyms after they become famous because they don't want people to read their books just because um, like their name's already famous. So for example, I know Grace told me JK Rowling did this. I didn't even know she did, mm-hmm. but apparently after she published Harry Potter and become this worldwide phenomenon, mm-hmm. she adopted a pseudonym and kept writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure like, I think Stephen King did the same thing where after he became famous, he took on a pseudonym and kept on writing and he wanted people to actually value his work for what it is rather than just bowing down because it was him who wrote it. Yeah, totally. And like, even what you were saying about compliments, like, it, 
it's it's so polarizing because it comes from such a good place like people mm-hmm. are so kind and like i really appreciate it. it makes me feel really happy it makes me feel like i could jump off a building and fly <laughs> just because mm-hmm. of like how happy an interaction makes me but at the same time like especially when it comes from people who maybe don't know me that well like recently i found that hearing a compliment also comes like with a weird sinking feeling in my gut where I'm like, add that to the list of expectations that I should live up to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, I know that that's not the intention. And I know people probably like, even if I didn't live up to those expectations, I don't think anyone would really care. But I don't know why I've been feeling this way, especially recently. And like, I feel so bad because I know it comes from such a good place and like I really really appreciate it but like sometimes I just feel like it stresses me out a little bit and also adding on to what Amy was talking about with pseudonyms um it made me think of this idea that I was exploring the other day about like just meeting someone one time without any consequences without any strings attached like kind of bliss in the temporary and like the meaninglessness of it all because there's no future that you see with this person but it's just like there's no expectations at all no fears it's just like you meet someone and you like they don't need to know you for who you are to really enjoy your company and you can just like fully be yourself And this is kind of um, part of what I wrote, but like, it's kind of like, it feels like you're in a masquerade where you've like all got something to hide and we're trying to escape from mistakes. But like in this moment, none of that really matters and you can really live in the moment. And what I wrote was, um, this dream is a ballroom, but life is a stage under a spotlight, your words hold weight. And it feels like when you're actually like, quote unquote, in the real world, there are all these consequences and you have to like maintain an image or a reputation. Whereas like sometimes it's really comforting just to know that something is so temporary that it doesn't have any long-term consequences. And the story that I told Amy was a couple of years ago, um, I was in Australia with my family and like at the time, I still love swimming, but at the time I was like obsessed with swimming. And <laughs> so I went to the pool and I met this girl who was roughly the same age as me. And like, we just had like a really, really good time together. And we like became friends pretty quickly, but it just like, there was no expectations and like nothing attached. It was fully just like, Hey, this is fun. Like we're just enjoying each other's company and there's no like effort to like maintain that relationship it's just like fully in that moment and I remember like at the end of it we were parting ways and like we both were like see you never see you never and it was like kind of a bittersweet thing but it was also like it was such a strange feeling where it was like blissful and happy and even though like I'm never going to see her again it was just like like because of that it didn't matter and it didn't feel like I had to uphold this reputation or that I had to fulfill these expectations Mm -hmm. and there was something really beautiful in that yeah you know I think that's a more common feeling that we might realize like um one that kind of reminds me of when people go off to new high school or new university then they get really Mm -hmm. excited about starting fresh right getting that blank slate where no one knows anything about them Mm -hmm. or also the thing you were talking about, like, having no strings attached, it's, this is, like, not a super positive one, but, like, have you ever wished you were in a, you were hospitalized, so you didn't have to worry about anything anymore? Like, you could just mm. let go of all of your commitments and everything and just 
have an excuse to relax and that's kind of what it reminded me of yeah and you just made me think like when you're talking about um having like future commitments and stuff like that that made me think of the difference between our mentalities when we're seeking like long-term friends versus Mm -hmm. short-term friends Mm -hmm. like I've had a couple similar experiences too like for example when we went to China together Mm -hmm. in that summer camp like we made a lot of um close friends there and then we never saw them again yeah (laughs) the the beautiful thing about that is I think in those situations in the summer camp when there's no strings attached and you just talk to whoever you want i feel like people are a lot more likely to talk to people they wouldn't normally approach if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because i might have a bit of a distorted view on friendship making but i feel like a lot of people when they're seeking long-term friends they want it to reflect well on their identity and their reputation in society or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so a lot of the times people are going to seek friends that will be good at like bringing them what they want so if they want a friend who's really sociable who will help them make other friends help bring them to parties and stuff like that then they have kind of like a resource in that friend it sounds a bit bad or if they have a friend who um is really well respected in the community a friend with like really grand ideas then they're gonna seek out a friend like that as well because it kind of relates to the idea of like you're the um you're the result of the people around you you know Mm -hmm. so it feels like friendship making is such a big thing it's so important so central to your identity but with these short-term friends you don't really worry about that it's really just about appreciating people's company and there is (laughs) something really beautiful in that but like i don't know i love talking about human connection and stuff it's such an interesting conversation and um like on the flip side of it um i remember i saw this instagram reel just earlier today and it was talking about this guy who was like a van lifer (laughs) basically Mm -hmm. like his whole uh content was centered around him like traveling across the world in his van and then he went across europe and then he talked about the main reason why he was quitting van life was because he didn't feel fulfilled from all these short-term friendships like he said he met so many wonderful people across the world but then they saw each other once and then they never really saw each other again and while that's beautiful that's also not something really good for the entirety of our lives like I think humans do like stability and then we do like settling down and forming a community and stuff like that which is why I think like the majority of people don't do that wanderlust thing well maybe this is a society thing (laughs) like on a practical point of view it doesn't work out but I feel like on the flip side it's also it also talks about how humans need a more permanent relationship as well and i totally agree with that especially because i feel like my long-term friends really keep me grounded like amy Mm -hmm. and some of my really good friends at school and even like in some of the programs that i used to be in like that community was incredible and i think it's kind of like there's a lot of value in really long-term friends who know you really well and like truly know the real you but like I think it's funny how both of these are on opposite ends of the spectrum where one is like Mm -hmm. they fully know you and like they're in your life for the long term while the other is like it's like very short term it's like an instant kind of connection and just like fully living in the moment with this like with this person who they're who like doesn't need to be in your life long term if that makes sense yeah yeah and you know what that kind of reminded me of it might just be because i I watched a video essay on it but it reminds me of this movie or these three movies actually which is like the before off oh i forgot what it's called oh it's like before sunset like and then 
during sunset after sunset i don't i forgot the middle one was called but basically with that one it was just like a light a love story where two people two strangers meet on a train and then they spend this whole day together and then they fall in love and stuff like that but then in that same situation it's kind of like that instant connection you're talking about and i think it's like beautiful in the way where they don't know anything about each other and it has this like rushed feeling to it because they know that they only have one day together so it's like what do they even talk about should they cover like their whole life story or in that movie they kind of get directly into i guess the deeper stuff the more meaningful stuff like talking Mm -hmm. about their perspectives on life and stuff like that and it's it's interesting thinking of two strangers who know nothing about each other but then they can just connect on this deeper cognitive level mm-hmm. and talking with that talking about that short-term connection with no strings attached i feel like it's also kind of like identity affirming it's like it's who you are without all the fluff around you so like mm, without yes. like the university you attend um your family the friends you have the reputation you have in your community your past achievements and stuff like that it's like none of that is there mm-hmm. so in that new connection with that stranger um assuming you don't don't talk about that stuff it's really just you and your thoughts and like I guess who you were on the inside mm-hmm. which is interesting and then it also makes me like kind of scared because we've talked about this previously but then both the, Grace and I sometimes struggle with the thought of do we really have identities like who are we outside of like the shallow stuff mm-hmm. um so there is kind of that fear where I wonder if I was in that situation how how'd it go would I be able to keep up a conversation hope so probably maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> the imposter syndrome's coming in <laughs> It is. And it's so funny because yeah. I feel like a lot of the time with a lot of my closer friends, they've heard all of the funny life stories that I have to tell. Whereas, like, I feel like sometimes with someone who, like, doesn't really know you, like, this also happens to me sometimes during volunteering where I meet someone and, like, it feels like it feels like we're not going to cross paths again. But, like, mm-hmm. then there's no fear in maintaining a reputation and, like, you kind of just, like, spill out all of these, like, funny life stories that you've accumulated. And, like, mm-hmm. I know there's that fear of the awkward silence, but I feel like it's funny how sometimes there isn't that awkward silence because there's all these stories that you want to share but you've already shared before, if that makes sense, with your close yeah, friends yeah, because yeah. they heard it as it was happening. But, like, you look back on it and you kind of, like, can explain it with a different point of view. Mm. See, that's a great strategy, except I have kind of a bad memory. <laughs> and I don't have that same collection of, like, stories as you do. So... I feel like I might struggle a bit. But that's interesting, actually. Like, I can think of another friend we have, Zoe, who's been on this podcast before. Yeah. And something I've noticed about the two of you is you guys communicate largely through stories. Like, I remember yeah. before we got, like, really, really close um, on our car rides to piano, it would always just be you telling me stories about um, your middle school life oh, and, like, yeah. funny things that happened and yeah. things people said. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's interesting how you guys communicate through stories. Whereas, yeah, how do you think? I, you I don't even know. I communicate honestly. I think I tend to talk a lot about bad things a little bit. Not saying that I complain a lot, but I like to vent about my feelings a lot of the time mm. and talk about like my stressors and stuff like that. Um, especially like pre, I'm so deep. Amy identity <laughs> surfaced. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting yeah. because. Just before we started recording, Amy was talking about how when something happens in her life, like, she feels mm-hmm. the need to tell someone about it. Do you want to expand yeah. on that? I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, basically, like one of the epiphanies or like insights I had last week is that when I feel uncomfortable or if something is bothering me, like I need to get it out. It's it, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, I feel this like pressure in my chest. It just, if it's the same as a feeling of stress mm-hmm. where um, if something's on my mind, like I need to tell someone. It's yeah. kind of annoying sometimes because it makes me maybe share things that I shouldn't, but it's just the way I function. So um usually they'll come out on me dumping it on my friends or sometimes if I don't have that people around those people around me I'll journal it out which is so funny because I feel like most of the time in contrast like with me I feel like when I'm not the best version of myself or like when I'm not in the best state of mind I just want to hide from the world and like I don't want Mm -hmm. anyone to see me when I'm not at my best you know like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I describe it as just like wishing I had an invisibility cloak and just wanting to disappear and like yeah I'll journal sometimes but I won't feel compelled to tell a friend about it and especially like before my whole vulnerability journey Amy can attest to this we joke about this all the time but Mm -hmm. like I keep these things in for so long until I've like fully processed them and like the raw emotion doesn't really hurt or bother me anymore until I confide in Amy like there's that there's that <laughs> characteristic key example of a couple years back where like something was going on in my life where there was kind of like a toxic um, friendship, like a situation that was toxic. And like, <laughs> I didn't tell her until like about a year later <laughs> until mm-hmm. I had like fully processed everything. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just find that so funny how we handle these things differently. But I'm working yeah. on it. We're working on the vulnerability journey. <laughs> yeah, that's also something like I had to learn that not everyone is uh, or deals with emotions the same way I do. Mm-hmm. Like I might just splurt it out to everybody, but not everyone functions like that. So mm-hmm. I need to respect people's space. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think you've ever been like pushy or disrespectful of no. people's spaces. Hopefully not. But yeah. <laughs> and you know what that reminds me of mm-hmm. is like you... this isn't a bad thing but it is something we talk about a lot Mm -hmm. is have the or at least in the past you had the tendency to like show the best version of yourself right and then like not talk about negative things focus on the positive always and (laughs) I remember that's really apparent in our first like letters to myself um which was like our end of year read recap I think it's for 2021 right yeah Yeah, that's crazy that was so long ago um people <laughs> it's 2023 and I remember oh my god if you go listen back to that episode that year was rough for me that was like probably one of the hardest years of my life so I was just going off I was like so dramatic I was like oh life 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 oh my gosh life was so bad but life is also kind of good anyways <laughs> and I remember my mom listened to that and she was like wow nice episode but you know I liked Grace's part a bit better okay she phrased it a bit better than that but basically um I talk to my mom about the podcast sometimes and she is similar to you in the way that she likes to focus on the positive things more and not talk about the negative things as much um and this ties into like another idea I've brought up in the past where I feel like life would be easier if I didn't overthink things as much or if I didn't focus on the negative things as much, you know? Mm. But at the same time, like, I feel like when I'm focusing on the positive things, this isn't a super concrete thought, but I feel like when I'm focusing on the positive things, then life 
kind of feels less meaningful or less deep. This might just be like this interior like god complex I have right now. Um, but I feel like there is kind of a feeling that only like these melancholy things or like these sadder things feel meaningful, you know? Yeah, I totally, I totally get what you mean. It's funny how you bring up the whole like, oh, focus only on the positive thing, because that's what got me in the predicament of the imposter syndrome <laughs> <laughs> that we were talking about for the first half of the episode in the first place. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to say is like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, because the letters to myself, I remember when we were recording it and also when I was listening back to it, I was like, gosh, I like Amy's part so much more. Like, it feels like everything I was saying was so meaningless because it didn't have these powerful emotions behind it and this, like, sense of growth and learning. And I just felt like what Amy was saying was so much more deep than what I was saying. It felt like I was, like, it was just, like, happiness and fluff um, in my part of it. And, like, I totally relate to what you were just saying about only melancholy things feel deep because I've experienced that so much in my life. I realized that a lot of the work that I'm most proud of, including, like, songs or, like, creative writing pieces or, like, artwork, anything, I feel like all of the work that I'm most proud of has, like, a a tint of melancholia or, like, longing or sadness, nostalgia, regret. Like, there hasn't Mm -hmm. been one thing I've created that's, like, fully happy that feels powerful or deep in a way. And Mm. I just thought that was so strange because I was, like, I have tried in the past to create something that's, like, pure happiness, pure joy, but it always feels like it doesn't feel like I'm adding much to the conversation or it doesn't feel meaningful in some way. Like it feels like for some reason it needs to have some tinge of this like sadder or like um, more negative emotion almost or like some Mm -hmm. sense of not pure happiness in order to make it feel like it's providing some sort of substance. Whereas like something that's purely happy feels like childlike blissful ignorance where it's just like oh just happy for the sake of being happy if you know what I mean yeah yeah I do wonder why we're like that though I know that there's like a conversation around why we focus on bad things Mm -hmm. I know like I think from an evolutionary standpoint it's like oh we focus on the bad things because that's what helps us um avoid them in the future it's kind of just like uh, like we place more importance on the bad things mm-hmm. as like a, it's going to help us survive like it's a survival instinct because yeah, totally. um bad things are dangerous and good things are kind of just like whatever you know mm. they're a plus but like the baseline is living yeah and um the other thing is this whole conversation kind of has like a dystopian feeling around it mm-hmm. um my english teacher would be very proud of me right now i think but <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah like if we think about um fahrenheit 451 for example uh or uh, even like 1984 or like brave new world there's all these like archetypes of these characters that are mindlessly happy you know like yes. in fahrenheit 451 there's uh, Mildred, right? His wife, who's always just like constantly listening to the like audio or like radio show or whatever she's listening to in the background, but she's like not thinking of anything, like nothing's wrong in her life. But that also means that there's like nothing particularly um, meaningful in her life either. Um, and it's kind of tied into now that I think of it, like people are mindlessly happy and then that's bad because they don't have independent thought. So 
I feel like the idea around that, wow, look at me right now, I'm analyzing these books, <laughs> is that like the takeaway is that in order for human life to be meaningful, you need to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's also funny, like thinking about it, because there's that stereotype that all philosophers are depressed, all artists yeah, are yeah, depressed. Yeah, or, yeah, or all dis- artists are depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the, what's the quote? The world is cursed for the I've aware, heard of that I before. Think. Oh, that's another, oh. like, stereotype that goes hand-in-hand hand with those. And I just think that's so interesting. And especially yeah. today in our philosophy class, there was someone who brought up this idea that, like, the purpose of life is, like, through suffering. Yeah. Okay, so this is something that I've heard before. Like, mm-hmm. I read the book by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Man's Search for Meaning, right? And then... In there, he is a Holocaust survivor, and then he's Mm -hmm. talking about how he found meaning in life through suffering, or purpose in life through suffering. Um, And I never really understood the idea. Like, I remember on my first glance, I was this like hopefully this doesn't come across as disrespectful but in my mind i was kind of just thinking oh it's probably because like these people went through so much it which is why they're just trying to justify their suffering by attributing meaning to it you know mm-hmm. it's just like they need to rationalize why bad things happened to them um in order to keep on going with life and like not fall into despair you know um but now beyond that like um and then after that stage i had this other thought where i was like maybe suffering is meaningful because like you know if you suffer that means that you're trying to cling desperately onto life you know Mm -hmm. and then that clinging desperately onto life will inherently mean that life now has meaning because we're trying to keep it does it make sense so it's like it's Mm, kind of like it's it's the journey not the destination feeling Mm -hmm. where because because you're trying so hard then you're giving it meaning through that process Mm -hmm. um yeah either way I'm still not completely sure, but we talked about this in one of our previous episodes, but I'm learning to be more comfortable with being unsure with things um, because, yeah, there's not always an answer, and I think that there is meaning in the pursuit anyways. Yes. Um, yeah, but some quotes we found that might add to the conversation, I'll read them out to you. One is, despair is suffering without meaning. Those who despair of their suffering find life unbearable. As a result, they may want to die or commit suicide. And similarly, Frankl writes, Every life in every situation and to the last breath has a meaning, retains meaning. This is equally true of life of a sick person, even the mentally sick. The so-called life not worth living does not exist. Mm, Yeah, and just to add on to that, this is something that um, the person who shared this like this claim today my philosophy class had to say um she was talking about how it's true like the um the purpose of life is through suffering is true because through suffering it's kind of like having the hope that something better is going to happen and she brought up how with a lot of different religions all of this is like putting meaning into suffering by contrasting it with like something better is going to happen in the future or like the idea of a heaven or something like that and i thought that was really interesting and like some more different perspectives on it that i found was there was someone who was saying that um life is a series of endless suffering the rich suffers Mm. because of their riches the poor suffers because of their poverty people having families suffers because they have a family people without family suffers because of not having family 
People with a job suffer because of the job, and people without jobs suffer because of joblessness. Life is a series of endless problems. Ending a problem is the birth of a new problem, such as you want to lose weight. That's a problem. You decide to go to the gym, and in a way, you indulge yourself in more problems, such as going to the gym, exercising, and paying the gym fees. And I think that's really interesting because that ties into a perspective that I've heard a lot about how a lot of people who like they are not super financially well off they dream of like getting rich and they think that Mm -hmm. all their life problems will be solved once that's true and that's like Mm -hmm. something a sentiment that I've heard echoed like both like in my family also with some other like some other people I've talked to where after they're rich they realize that like that just brought them more problems, if that makes sense. Mm, And like, the money didn't actually bring them happiness. So I think that that's really interesting how they put it in this way. And I would have never thought of this perspective, but I think it's an interesting one to have. Yeah, maybe it's just like some type of struggle is going to follow you everywhere you go, (laughs) no matter how you try to improve your life. Which is a bit of a pessimistic way of viewing life. A little bit. Like, I was going to comment on the second part, like, the life is a series of endless problems, going to the gym is a new problem. Mm -hmm. Like, what exactly is the problem? Like, is the problem, like, doing things, like, having responsibilities, having commitments? Because I wouldn't really describe going to the gym. Maybe this is because I'm, like, in my pseudo gym rat era. Yeah. (laughs) But is going to the gym, is having, like, activities really a problem? Is everything that deviates from not being a couch potato an issue Hmm, that's an interesting way of putting it i think maybe it's a hassle but that like adds on to what you're saying about not being a couch potato but i'm also thinking of more of a like personal experience so for example you want to be liked or i want to be liked (laughs) so then i like i put on this persona of being my best self and like at first it's harmless but then I get this, like, people think that that's who I am, and, like, now it's my reputation, but then they've gone further with it, and they've turned it into a bit of a symbol more than, like, a part of my identity. So now this is a new problem of where now I have all these expectations that I'm struggling with. And it's, like, interesting how when you solve a problem, you don't think that it's going to lead to another problem. Like, in this case, like, if I hadn't lived it, I would have been, like, yeah, but I want people to like me, you know? But I never would have thought that, oh, that leads to, like, more troubles with expectations and everything. And it's so interesting now that I, I've i lived through it, and I'm like, wow, I never would have expected this, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, wait. I want to bring up this idea, but I forgot what it's called. It's, like, this Greek, I think, idea about personality traits and then how you can, like, swing too far to either end. Mm. Like um being too unconfident is bad yes. but then being too confident is also bad because like it's hubris or whatever yeah it's Wait, like there's, arrogance. there's a word for it but anyways if if one of you guys listening know this trait if you went to my school and was in my english class i know my english teacher in grade 11 brought this up but it's basically the idea where i think the greeks put together this like list of personality traits or something like that and then they wrote out like oh there's a happy middle ground and then there's a place where you like swing too much to either side and then it becomes bad um 
And that was kind of reminding me of that because I remember I brought this up in a previous conversation too where a lot of the times like if we have a strong personality trait that comes together with having a weaker trait on another end or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's basically everything outside of the strict middle area will come with another type of issue or another like attachment to it. Yes. So in Grace's situation, she's affirmed her identity as this amazing, amazing person. <laughs> but funnily enough, this brings on another problem where everyone thinks she's such an amazing person and then she feels like she needs to live up to that because um, she in the past didn't really let that more vulnerable, more not put together Grace side show. And let me try to think of another one. Well, there's the the pride one I brought up where if you become really confident, then that becomes arrogance, like Grace was saying. And then that brings on another problem of its own. Um, And I remember there's this other YouTuber once who was talking to her friends and then she asked her friends to tell her what traits about her that they didn't like or what they thought her weaknesses were. And then a lot of the times those weaknesses were actually like they would preface it with oh this is actually something i really like about you but sometimes this is too much Mm -hmm. and also reminds me of like job interviews a lot of the times like people will recommend you give out a weakness that is that is actually kind of a strength Mm -hmm. so you might say like sometimes i struggle with work-life balance because i get really committed to my work and get too um, involved in it and then sometimes this can lead to a deterioration of my mental health and me dropping other responsibilities in my life so I've been working more on um, maintaining a balance in my life and not getting too absorbed into work which is actually like a good thing they're like damn this person is really committed to their work I should hire them <laughs> and then the weakness is kind of just like a, a more whatever weakness you know mm. yeah, yeah I see that which is funny because going back to what we were saying about like certain strong personalities bringing up more problems yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah i would yeah, yeah. Say, like go. i have a question do you think mm-hmm. that that is suffering because i'm looking back at what we were connecting that to and we were saying how or like this person's perspective that we were discussing was talking about how life is a series of endless suffering and that's because life is a series of endless problems like so uh, solving one problem just leaves, leads you to a new problem. So I'm thinking, like, are those problems really suffering? Mm, I don't think so. I think mm. it's not really suffering. It's just doing things. <laughs> like, if you solve a problem with something, it gives you another responsibility, which actually reminds me. Another perspective I heard towards the meaning of life came from this, like, kind of mentor figure I had earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I remember she said that the meaning of life lies in our responsibility and our commitment to the world. Right, And I also never really understood that. You know, my whole life has just been filled with confusion and me trying to figure things (laughs) out. (laughs) But yeah, I think it kind of plays into the same idea where throughout your life, like things will happen to you and you just kind of roll with it and it becomes part of your identity and things that hold you down and keep you grounded I guess Mm -hmm. honestly it sounds a bit pessimistic on it pessimistic honestly like saying that the meaning of life is your commitments just saying like you are forcibly tied down onto earth because (laughs) you have commitments to people but I feel like it also kind of makes sense like if we talk about well I brought this up with Grace once if we talk Mm -hmm. about like suicide Mm -hmm. and how the conversation around suicide sometimes we blame the person committing suicide for being selfish because they're hurting everyone they leave behind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
the idea I the example I gave to Grace was a um, a parent who commits suicide and leaves their child behind then we can say that he kind of gave up on his meaning of life there because he had a responsibility to his child but he didn't fulfill it you know Mm, yeah yeah oh that's so interesting and like taking that to a less extreme point of view something Mm -hmm. that has been on my mind recently is the idea of promises and like excuses and reasons because sometimes something happens and like I feel like I have a reason for it but I'm scared that it'll sound too much like an excuse so Mm. I just like don't say anything about it you know so like I just keep silent because I'm like well I don't want to just sound like I'm just giving excuses because it feels Mm. like there's no meaning in that and um This is something that I wrote that I feel like encapsulates how I feel about this. But it goes, Promises start to feel like accidentally dropped words, suspended like snowflakes only to fall into a blur. Reasons start to sound like excuses when shared, acquiesce the silence, pretend I never cared. And like, that just kind of means that promises start to feel like they have no weight and that they have no intention. Kind of just like words that you accidentally dropped along the way and it mm-hmm. feels like they're just suspended there but they don't actually hold much meaning. And like reasons that you have, legitimate reasons, whenever you share them it starts to feel like, oh that's just an excuse. So then you just like accept almost a little bit reluctantly because the words are like dying to escape from your mouth the reason is dying to escape from your mouth but because you don't want to sound like someone who's just giving excuses you reluctantly accept the silence and you just pretend that it never mattered to you that much yeah 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 I really relate to that like (laughs) it's not really prevalent in my life right now but there's definitely been times in my life where I've struggled with like straddling the line between reasons and excuses like I want to tell someone something but I feel like if I say it, it's just going to feel like I'm making an excuse, right? And I remember we got on this topic in the first place because uh, we were talking about my personality trait where I can't hold anything behind and I'm a loose-lipped, filter, um, unfiltered <laughs> person who just lets everything out. <laughs> and then I was talking about how when it comes to like me having problems, having things I want to work on, especially when those things are involved in like other people, like it involves like our relationship, then um, I'll just give it through an example. But basically, a while ago, I noticed that I am a chronically late person. And I really am not trying to like undervalue people's time and stuff like that. It's just like a habit I have that I always just leave things to the last minute. If I can leave one minute later and still catch the bus, I'm going to leave one minute later and catch that <laughs> bus. But also a lot of the times I will not catch the bus because of this habit. But I remember I brought this up with a friend because I like be- I like feeling responsible and I like feeling like I'm not brushing things off, you know? Like, I'm not very good at feigning ignorance. That's the that's how I put it, where mm-hmm. I feel like if something's wrong, like, I don't want to pretend it doesn't exist. Like, I need to say it out loud. <laughs> yes. Um, so, basically, I remember I, like, said out my lateness problem out loud, and then, and then I remember in another situation afterwards, I was like, I kind of regret doing that because <laughs> I was ahem, late again, but now it's, I can't really feign ignorance. I can't say, like, I wasn't aware of the issue because I clearly told them that I was aware of the issue so now it just seems like I don't care like I don't give a shit and then I'm like oh no (laughs) so that's where we brought in like the reasons and excuses thing Mm. where I was like oh 
like I I want to explain myself but I've already explained myself so yeah. now I kind of just got to ride with the consequences oh consequences responsibility yeah. wow <laughs> that was what made me think of that and like yeah the adjacent example in my life that I gave was how this one time um I was walking by the foyer and I was on my way to a meeting and I saw that there were these um my classmates were doing this fundraiser and I was like oh my gosh this sounds amazing like I'm gonna get back to I'll be back tomorrow I just have a meeting I really quickly have to run to um and they're like oh my gosh yeah thank you so much like And then I left and the next day something else popped up and for whatever reason I wasn't able to go back and um, support that fundraiser and I felt so bad about it and I was like, I said I was going to do it, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like that was what made me rethink the promises that I threw around and I was, and like the next time I was like, oh, I'll do this. That was just in the back of my mind where I was like, oh my gosh, the last time this happened and I wasn't able to get to it. And like, then I was scared of committing to this stuff because like, is it better to just not say it and do it? Because there's a lot of people or like, there's that common phrase of how, you know, an action speaks a thousand words. words. Yeah. And I was like, is it better to just not say it and just do it on my own? And that was just like on the back of my mind a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. yeah it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah and it's funny because a couple of days ago random slight tangent um a mm-hmm. couple of days ago one of or actually a few weeks ago because i've been meaning to give this <laughs> wreck of the week for a while but one of my friends was so excited she found this app called finch and it's a self-care app and it's so cute (laughs) it's so funny because like ever since she introduced it to me i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna tell everyone and so um my friends and i basically roped a bunch of people into finch (laughs) but that brings us to the wreck of the week this week (laughs) which is finch it's like okay not sponsored as you know none of our recs of the weeks are sponsored but it's this super cute like self-care app where you get this little bird and um you can add your friends on it and you can like send virtual hugs to them and you can go on adventures together and like it also incorporates kind of like a mood journal kind of like dailyo so whenever you open the app a lot of the time it asks you how you're doing and then you just tap on how you're feeling at the moment um and there's also like journaling stuff there's like some breathing exercises it's such a cute self-care app I'm like oh my gosh Um, it makes me really happy so if you do download it um you should text us a friend code and we can be friends on Finch (laughs) and even if you don't decide to download Finch um, we'd still love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about this episode or any things you'd like to share at all don't hesitate to send us a message via Instagram we are at to be honest pod As always, thank you so much for your support. If you wanted to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or share the podcast with anyone who you think might be interested, it would be very much appreciated. And with that, we'll we'll see see you next week. week.